Now, The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. The predominant message in our culture is that it's all about the money, that more money or a different set of financial circumstances will bring us the freedom to stop worrying and just enjoy life. But many people remain stuck in the same financial predicament, even though they've tried everything they know to get ahead. No matter what your balance sheet looks like, you probably already suspect that there has to be a way to make the lasting, profound changes in your financial life that you crave, which is the topic of our conversation today. Lisa Peterson, a certified financial planner, is the founder of Wealth Clinic, a global community providing educational resources for entrepreneurs and executives who have a burning desire to move beyond limitations and take their lives to the next level. Acting as a disruptive technologist when it comes to the area of money management, rather than focusing solely on how to better manage money, Lisa helps her clients take a deep dive into their relationship with money to uncover and move beyond limitations, as well as create alignment with their deepest truths. We may think spirituality and finance are two completely opposite worlds, but Lisa discovered they're actually linked tightly together. You can see their connection in how financially abundant and relaxed you are around money and in how fulfilled and joyfully you live each day. Before founding Wealth Clinic, Lisa spent 22 years in various roles for some of the largest financial institutions in the U.S., and at the same time teaching herself and others how to apply mindfulness practices to daily life. Working in finance, she witnessed rational clients, loved ones, and herself doing uncharacteristic things when it came to money and wondered, why do we do such things? And why can't we stop it? After interviewing many people and researching psychology, sociology, neurology, and many of the world's major spiritual traditions, Lisa combined it all with her extensive financial background and philosophical understanding to create the wealth clinic process. Her process shows you how to identify, then break free of limiting money behaviors while uncovering your true source of inner power so you live with less stress, greater freedom, and more financial abundance. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so very much. Glad you're here. Obviously, a great topic for the new year because, as you know, a lot of people come up with resolutions around, I'm going to save more, I'm going to do all these things around money. But let's talk about one of the biggest reasons people aren't happy with their financial lives is that the way we have traditionally been taught how to deal with it simply doesn't work. Yes, it does not work. And I feel like I've spent my life trying to figure out why it doesn't work. You know, I think it has so much to do with just the conditioning that we receive around money from our earliest memories, 
One of the things that really was powerful for me was to learn uh, that we actually have our money personality set by the age of seven. And that is really interesting because that means that we didn't actually know what was happening to us when those beliefs were being formed. And we weren't thinking logically, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to do that. We were just taking it all in from our parents, from the environment that we lived in, the culture, from the media. Like One thing that's fun to play with is thinking about what shows were on TV when you were growing up and how was money portrayed in those shows and thinking how you actually adopted some of those beliefs way back then just by watching TV. Right. And so unconsciously or subconsciously, we have all these things going on in our brain around money. And then, of course, as life goes on, pressures arise, we become, you know, part of families, all these things where nobody, you know, this is a big push, obviously, around the globe, financial literacy, but nobody really teaches it. In school, at that young age, when we're seven, trying to figure out, you know, what is an allowance, if we even get one, and all those things. So, Yeah, there's so little that's done in the schools and in the home. People don't realize how important it is to be not just telling kids about money, but actually modeling positive behavior around money. And that is what they're going to always pay more attention to. So even things as simple as going to the grocery store and your child asks for a candy bar and you say, we can't afford it, which is something I did for years because that's what my mom did. We, they know that that's not true. You know, so they're already seeing that it's deceptive the way we engage with like buying and saving and spending. Like we're not being truthful. And that's even, you know, in so many other ways, but that's an easy one to poke fun at. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, how many times have we said, I can't afford that? When we could, that wasn't the right language to use. And kids are listening mm-hmm. all the time. Well, and, and now with today's media and you know, everything related around money. And of course, you know, you've tied the two, the spirituality with the physicality of money. And we're going to talk a lot more about that today. But I still want to kind of stick to, you know, what how people perceive money. I mean, we have, I don't know if you call them archetypes or money types or the different types of people. We have savers, we have spenders, we have investors. How do you first deal with people to understand where they're coming about, you know, coming from? Yeah. Uh, it's always great because we, it doesn't take very much to ask a question and say to someone, what is it that causes pain in your life around money? And that leads a trail to understanding what it is that someone might be interested in changing. So I've found that the best discussions are actually going into the backstory and getting into what was your first memory around money? What was money like growing up in the home? What has happened to you in the past, and then how might that be connected to what's going on in your life now? And sometimes it's, it's the exact opposite of what you actually grew up with, right? For me, it was it was struggle. It was to horrible fighting around money in my home growing up. And for me, 
early on, I decided that if I could master money, I thought that that meant that I would live this life of freedom and joy and peace. And obviously it's not quite that simple, but that was the opposite. So I set out to figuring out everything I possibly could about money from an early age, you know, how to make it, how to spend it wisely and not blow it all and how to save it. And I was obsessed from a very young age, which is funny, right? Because it wasn't what my parents were doing. (laughs) Hence why you're a certified financial planner, right? But you've taken it way beyond that. And again, we're going to talk more about that. So this is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. And I have guest Lisa Peterson, who is the founder of The Wealth Clinic, And we're talking, of course, about, you know, this uh, ingrained how we arrived around our feelings and attitudes and emotions around money, which it's all there. And yet, you know, when I look at my childhood, I had not a lot of kids in the family, so only children and, of course, massive spenders in my family. I didn't know, I never heard a conversation around, hey, let's save so you can go to college. Hey, let's invest so you can, you know, none of that. Earn it, spend it, burn it, have fun, but yet nothing laid a foundation for me to really understand the power of the investment or looking to the future around money. Wow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's interesting because even something as simple as, again, the modeling of the behavior for my family, they didn't have any money to invest. So investing was an area that it took me years and years to be comfortable around. And I think just realizing that if we're going to do something with money that was not modeled for us, was not educated to us, that we're stepping out of our comfort zone. And I think that a lot of money and our engagement with money has to do with stepping outside of our comfort zone and not just saying that the past is the way that I always have to be for the rest of my life because that often isn't the way we really want to live. We want to live differently. And yeah. Well, and I'm sure a lot of the work you do, certainly on the front end, as you're taking people through your processes and all of that, is to really understand what what is that mindset around money and creating the awareness. It's all about awareness up front. Yeah. You know, I have been doing a lot of interviews lately and we'll talk about that. But one of the things that comes up over and over again, because my interviews are all all oriented around wealth, uh, the mindset around wealth, the accumulation of wealth, and then what do you do with that wealth? But the common theme is that if we're not planning according to what it is that we really want, we're never going to get it. And so there's always this road back to understanding ourselves at a deeper level for what we really want versus what the world has told us to want, and then being able to write down a plan for where it is that we do want to go into the future. And money is such a great tool for that, right? It's There's no better tool because it's so tangible. You can know how much you need to accomplish a goal, or uh, you can see how you're doing along the way by 
by seeing how money is showing up in, in, you know, coming to fruition for that goal. Right, right. So interesting, right? Because every one of us comes from a different environment as a child. And of course, the thousands of ways that you can learn about money, and yet how that translates through the rest of our life and where we are today, right? right. And so some have never gotten out of that pattern. Right. And some have, do I want to say escape it? I mean, it's not all bad, but... Right. I think that one of the things I deal with a lot in the courses that I teach is talking about what are your beliefs. Do you have limiting beliefs that cause you to stay stuck in place? Do you have empowered beliefs that allow you to go to the next level, you know, whatever that may be? Or do you have neutral beliefs that don't really take you, you know, they're not taking you backwards, they're not hurting you, but they're also not moving you forward. And understanding what those beliefs are at a deeper level is really how I connect in this spiritual or what I really think of as self-reflection or inner reflection, understanding who you are, and then using money to see how you're, you're um, doing, if you will, you know, how it's showing up, how you're, you know, like you said, right, when you start, we started with my introduction, this, is it, is, are you living freely? Are you living joyfully? And is money, kind of flowing in your life because this whole idea of money is actually, it's a currency. It's a current connection between one human being and another and allowing that to, to take on a whole new way in our lives rather than it being from a place of lack and scarcity and there's not enough. What about the idea that it's connected to my energy as a human being? And when I'm providing great value to the world, then the money is showing up. But if I'm just taking and I'm just, you know, taking from everyone and I'm so fearful and I'm so scared and I feel like I'm in this hole that's what you're going to attract, right? I mean, I'm not a big one to talk about the law of attraction, but it is, it it does make sense that if you're living in a state of mind of lack and scarcity and fear, that that is going to be the things that show up in your life. Whereas if you're looking at the possibility and the opportunity and the fact that you could actually make a change in your life for the better, then that's what you're going to attract. And money shows you that. All right. Well, we're going to learn more about that when we come back. This is Jen Kelly from MyandTreasure.org in Guatemala. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she takes the time to really listen and understand. Sherry Hill is uplifting and inspiring. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Kim O'Reilly from the College of Education at the University of Nevada. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she opens the door for dialogue. She has a radio show that really discusses these things and is a great lady, very positive. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. 
Now here's your host, Sherry Hill. Whether we hoard, splurge, or give it all away, we perpetually repeat ineffective behavior patterns with money because we are accustomed to specific states of being where money is concerned. We are used to a particular level of anxiety or calm, craving or avoidance, scarcity or abundance. And no matter what changes occur in our outer circumstances, the unconscious mind, if it remains unexamined, untrained, and unconnected to our spirit, we will recreate those old, familiar, ingrained behaviors in our financial life. My guest, Lisa Peterson, a certified financial planner and founder of The Wealth Clinic, is passionate about helping anyone who not only wants to be rich, but lead a rich life because she has a rather unique perspective on money. She offers a profound inner journey in which money is the primary focus, an intimate, practical resource for coming to know yourself through money. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. So when we talk about those ingrained behaviors, describe what some of those behaviors are. Yeah, so oftentimes what happens is when we are engaged with money, we can see certain behaviors, like you mentioned, over and over and over again. And what I found is there's always a story behind those at a deeper level. So for example... Uh, we may overspend. We may often find ourselves going to the store. It could be the grocery store. It could be the shopping mall. But we often find ourselves buying things that we have no business buying, whether we really shouldn't be spending money on it. We're not going to actually use it. I mean, all kinds of things come up. And what we can often see is if we look deeper into that, we're looking for something that's missing inside of us, right? And we're shopping and we're buying to fill the void. And understanding that that's where it's coming from is the beginning. If we don't acknowledge that there's something missing, we can never change that behavior. It's really hard. It's like setting a New Year's resolution. Here we are in January. We all know how hard it is to keep them. I think there's like one in 12 chance of keeping a New Year's resolution. We mentally say, I'm going to do this. But when we get to the root of what's really going on, we allow ourselves the space to start to think, well, wow, here it is. I just did it again. I bought all this stuff. I should take it back, first of all. And then I should start to figure out why, what's missing in my life? Why am I trying to fill this void with my spending behavior? Is that a good example? Yes. Another one would be, and we hear about it and we're always blown away by it. You know, it just happened, I think it was uh, last year here up in the north that, you know, some guy buried, uh, you know, million dollars in gold and silver coins in his backyard, right? <laughs> Died. <laughs> Lived in a ramshackle place. If you were to look at him, you would have thought he was poor, he was a pauper, all those things, yet he was a multimillionaire buried in his backyard. Talk about lack and scarcity. He thought that that was the only way that he could be happy was to have that money there and no trust of any system. So all kinds of behaviors and thoughts come up about what would cause someone to do that sort of thing. 
each of us are that same person, we A, have to admit that we have these funny behaviors about money that we don't like to talk about because that's another issue that that if we do not talk and share about things, they have a way of just sinking deeply inside of us and we don't think about them and probably other people in our lives know that we have them because we show them behavior of it, but we don't want to deal with them and they're just buried inside of us and we're not sharing this, this conversation, right? Because as human beings, what's the best way that we heal? Most of the time, it has to do with sharing with others and empathizing with others for their condition. So we never get the chance to empathize with others around their money situation, nor do they do the same for us. And there's this lack of healing, natural healing that doesn't happen. And then that's further compounded by the fact that we don't even acknowledge that there's something to share. Right. Does that... And also, so think about the couples that save and save and save into retirement so they can pass this wealth down to their children, yet they're not living a fulfilled... I mean, one of my favorite bumper stickers is we're spending the kids' inheritance, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. So they they think that there's this whole concept that we're supposed to work for a certain number of years, save up all our money, and then go into retirement. Even that can be poked holes in, right? That this idea, you know, the system of, of, you know, you, you're born, you go to school, you work for a certain amount of time, and then you retire. And I think we're going to find in the future that that isn't the way it's going to work anymore. People are going to be working much longer than they had anticipated. And this idea of saving and saving and saving and not living for the moment is also something that we have to call into question. There's always balance with money, right? That's that's where we're headed with all of this. Is it's I feel like a lot of what I do in, in the classes that I teach is that it's it's looking at the extremes that we've created in our life around money and realizing that that's not actually a happy place to live and that there's so much better ground in the middle of our experiences. So it's kind of fun to actually think sometimes, what's the most extreme I could do on one side and then the other? You know, extreme poverty, extreme wealth. Well, what does that look like in between? It actually looks like where I am today in this middle ground. I actually have enough. I am sufficient. I don't have to hoard. I can spend and enjoy, but I also need to be balanced in planning for a future that I may not be able to work forever. You know, so it's it's all about being really conscious of what it is we're doing with our money. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Lisa Peterson, who is a certified financial planner and founder of The Wealth Clinic. And Lisa, you've got a lot of programs and stuff coming on. And very quickly, as someone is resonating with this conversation around money and feels that they could utilize... um, your services, your program, some of the stuff that you're working on that is a very different approach to the typical financial planner, what is a good place for them to reach you? Yes. So the website is wealthclinic.com, W-E-A-L-T-H-C-L-I-N-I-C.com. And we also, on the website, you can reach it there. We're also putting together a telesummit where I'm interviewing 
30 other people, such as Sherry, about what is what does this idea of mindful wealth mean to you? And what are some of the struggles and challenges that you've had in your life? Oftentimes, they do involve money. And then how have you overcome those challenges to arrive at what you're doing today? And so, as you can see, there's this theme of sort of how do we move through and learn and grow and arrive at this place of what I consider mindful wealth. So there's a telesummit that's listed on the site that is free to sign up for. Great. So when we're still talking about the behaviors, because part of you know the awareness and consciousness around what your behavior is. So let's say I identify that you know I grew up in this. Uh, I don't want to say extremely abundant lifestyle, but I mean anything that my grandparents might want, they got. They bought. It had. It was there. Needed it, didn't need it. I mean, millions and millions of dollars spent on stuff, right? So now I went to the other extreme and I'm like, I don't want all that stuff, right? Less is better. However, having awareness around that, I was able to, you know, make changes in my own life to make sure that I didn't instill behaviors in my child, right? Things like that. So when you really peel back the onion and you go, now I understand my attitude and my relationship with money because this is what I grew up in. This is what I experienced. And again, now I bring it into my own life and go, what's working, what's not working. I mean, it's not like just a snap of a finger and we get to change it. The way I look at it is really there's two parts to it. One is the logical aspects of money. Like what areas we need to understand what is our familiarity with money? Because I truly believe that whether it's spiritual or it's tangible, our journey with money and kind of not just money, but just living in a place of sufficiency where we don't have all these drags on us, right? So when we, when in order to move to that place, we have to have a pretty solid understanding of money, a logical understanding of of saving and investing and being a custodian of that money at at whatever level. So part of the journey is is understanding that the nuts and bolts of finance. Uh, And and it will be different for each person of how much they're willing to kind of put into that. But anyone can do it. Just because you have a belief that you can't doesn't mean it's actually true. So I'm going to say that. So understanding that. The other piece is realizing that we do have a whole bunch of beliefs that we're holding on to that are probably no longer serving us in this limiting belief area that I was talking about earlier. And so my goal with the classes that I teach and and the presentations that I do is to bring awareness that we actually need to have those both happening in concert with each other. So letting go of limiting beliefs and also understanding things like budgeting. Nobody wants to budget, right? They think it's like... I call it a tool of self-flagellation. Like I'm going to do it and then I'm just going to beat myself up, kind of like being on a diet, and then I'm going to not do it anymore. And the way that I encourage people to think about budgeting is really more of a diagnostic tool, sort of like going to the doctors and then taking your temperature to see where you're at, right, and your vitals. If you can look at the budget as just a way of understanding where you are in any given moment, you're allowed to start planning for the things that are working 
and the things that aren't working, but it should never be a tool of feeling like it, you're hurting yourself. And so shifting that mindset around the numbers and the planning is part of it. The other, like I said, is just is working through these beliefs. Well, it's action steps. It's like if somebody says, oh, it's a new year and before year end, I want to travel to Paris. Okay, that's great. But what are you doing every day, every week, every month to get you closer to that end result? Right? Definitely. Because it's going to cost you some money. Yes. Or do you end up at the end of the year and overspending and maxing out your credit cards and then you have guilt and you can't enjoy yourself on the trip because you didn't allow for the emergency or the uh, cool souvenir or that little side trip or whatever. And so all that weighs on the mind. Totally. Yeah. Just realizing too that if you've done things a certain way up till this point in time, there's a really good chance that you're going to continue to live your life that exact same way unless you do something different, right? So it all starts with the idea that I can make some changes in my life. And you don't have to do it all at one time, but you can start and take baby steps. One of the things that I love about the work that I do in the in the belief department is that it's not so much about saying this is where I want to go and then thinking that you're going to get there tomorrow it's about pacing yourself and really taking time to respect wherever it is you are and being very compassionate for your situation right we have to go to break we're going to come back and we're going to learn more about our attitudes emotions and feelings around money This is Denise Hedrick from the Education Alliance of Washoe County. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she truly loves our community, she understands education, and she understands the business mind. Sherry Hill is awesome. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Lisa Peterson from Wealth Clinic. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has been an incredible source of inspiration and support as I've been building my business over this past year. Sherry Hill is magnificent. Have you ever wondered why some people seem to get rich easily while others are destined for a life of financial struggle? Is the difference found in their education, intelligence, skills, timing, work habits, contacts, luck, or their choice of jobs, businesses, or investments? The shocking answer is none of the above. Lisa Peterson is a strategic wealth coach and founder of Wealth Clinic, a community for learning, sharing, and mindfully expanding our experiences with money and wealth, building, 
She helps people get in touch with this aspect of ourselves as we make financial decisions. Understanding that money is a store of life energy, and when we can channel that life energy into an expression of what is most dear to our soul, an exciting alignment takes place between our financial and spiritual lives. Lisa, glad you're here. Thank you. So when I talk about, and of course you talk about extensively, because this has been your area of study for over two decades, really, you come out of the financial planning world, the you know institutional, this is the way it's always done, and then you brought in this whole other spiritual mindfulness, and of course drilling down to help people really understand why they're where they are today. So when I talk about that spiritual connection to money, I want to hear in your words, What do you mean? Great question. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's all about fulfillment. It's all about living the life that I always dreamt was possible. But for many, many years, I thought it was all about money. I thought money was the key to fulfillment. And we all have different ways that we arrive there, you know, different things. For some people, they think relationships are the key to fulfillment. And what I have found is that, you know, fulfillment, obviously, it's not going to just come from a whole bunch of money in the bank. It comes from a much deeper level. And as I started to get to know myself at a deeper level, I started uncovering these funny behaviors that I had with money that were totally out of sync with the person that I wanted to be and that I saw myself having the potential to be. And that was really the the breaking point for for me seeing that I couldn't, I, I kept these two worlds of mine, the spiritual world and the money world, completely separate, right. which is what I think most people do. Well, one of the things that, you know, when I'm teaching also is, you know, I'm teaching business planning, all about business entrepreneurship. Well, if you have bad or strange money habits personally, what do you think is going to happen in business? It doesn't just flip a switch and all of a sudden you're brilliant around money. What's funny about money is it crosses over into every aspect of our lives, right? So one of the things I have on my website is a thing I call the wealth flower. And it's, it's you know, finance and relationships and the environment that we live in and our health and our career. And all these things build on top of the, you know, money connects into every one of them. And so I had one person who was taking a class with me and something that came up during the course of the class, which is very introspective, we use meditation and mindfulness exercises to bring this stuff to the surface because it's sometimes buried. But one of the things he noticed and he started thinking a lot about is the fact that he had had several storage lockers that he had accumulated with the passing of his parents. And he was paying a lot of money for this these storage lockers because it's expensive, right? And he realized that there was all this Um, not just emotional baggage in those storage lockers, but physical baggage as well. And in the course of, by the time he finished this eight-week course, he realized that the thing he needed to do next was dive into getting through that stuff in those storage lockers and cleaning it out. What's funny is he did that exercise and it opened up a whole new area of his life. He actually ended up bonding with his sister through that experience because she came and helped him. And they had some conversations that 
that they had never had about money and other stuff. And then he tells me now, six months later, he's making 300% more money in his business than he was, you know, back then when he started the class. He said it was a series of steps of letting go of things and then creating new opportunity and space in his life. The number one worry consistently that comes out in every study they do is about money. Like they don't worry about people. We don't worry about our death as much as we worry about money. So the stress that that takes and the toll that that takes on our bodies is significant. It always fascinates me when I talk to entrepreneurs or people starting businesses and they're like, you know, I work 60 to 80 hours a week. Why are you doing that? Build your business, build your lifestyle so you can incorporate the good stuff, the busy work, the relaxation, all the things that you should be experiencing now. And one of the interviews that I was having for this summit the other day, a man mentioned that he was helping one of his clients and he he just gave an example of, let's say you're a CPA and you've had a really successful go of it. You've created this very successful business. Well, what prevents you from actually selling your business and then contracting back to maybe work those three to five months that are really busy time during the year and have an, have an income stream coming in from the sale of the business, make the money in that three to five month period, and then go play and enjoy life the rest of the time. Like, what about that? Nobody's talking about those sorts of solutions. But when you dive into what you really want and you start to say, is there another way that I can have the money coming in, but not be working those crazy number of hours, chances are there's, there's probably an opportunity out there that you're just not noticing. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Lisa Peterson, who is the founder of The Wealth Clinic. And I encourage those that are listening that have any behavior, question, emotion, attitude, issues around money. It's not the money. It's the internal. And Lisa is exceptional about helping you dig deep, figure it out, make those changes so that you can live more fully and abundantly and joyfully. And Lisa, where would you send those people if they want to find you? I would go to wealthclinic.com. We have this telesummit, 30 to 31 different interviews that you just completed from people from all kinds of backgrounds. Share with us what that's about. Yeah, so my vision was really to help people who are stuck in life, who see themselves doing the same thing over and over again and wanting a change. And I thought, well, who would be the best to ask that question to? And I I see entrepreneurs as being incredibly resilient and having had gone through a lot of challenges in their life. And so I reached out to people all over the world. Some of them are healers. Some of them are financial professionals. Some are coaches, uh, radio show hosts, all kinds of people to answer the question, what challenges have you had to overcome and, and where did that take you? And then also to share what the idea of mindful wealth 
wealth is to them. And so this tele-summit can be found at theartofmindfulwealth.com and you sign up. It's free. It's 10 days. There's going to be meditations every day and these incredible interviews. Uh, Just so much wisdom. The key is to go out, listen to other people. You may not resonate with all of them, but if there's one gem or two gems out of all those conversations that you can implement in your own life, then yay. Often these people are not reachable. Like they were hard for me to reach them. I didn't know them before. They have, you know, one person has a million women that she touches every month with her blog and her website. So it's hard to reach out and, you know, ask her a question. But she was providing, you know, just incredible information around her own personal struggles, but she overcame them. I always say that magic number. When you turn 50, literally, you wake up that morning and something has changed for you. You realize, I may only have 30 more summers on the planet. What am I going to do with those? It causes you. It's a big wake-up call. Part of that is if you are have big dreams or visions, but you haven't quite figured out how you're going to get there, then people like Lisa are ones to reach out to because maybe it's just one segment of your life that you need help in. And as you notice, Lisa, with some of your clients, once this one gets solved or resolved, other doors open. Definitely. And that's what I, that's my deepest level of inspiration is giving people opportunities that they just couldn't see before. I heard a great definition of inspiration and it's that you are helping someone see something that they couldn't see without your assistance. Aren't we all wanting to be inspiring to each other? And money is a huge topic in our reality. It is that energy and it, I always use the analogy of a knife. On one hand, it can save someone's life, and on the other, it can kill someone. Same knife, same tool. It's neutral. It's in the hands of the user. Money (laughs) is all about, yeah, how you are showing up in the world. And I think that's the thing, too, that comes again and again in these conversations is talking about gratitude and grace for whatever it is that you have, feeling like you actually do have enough. I mean, my daughter just got back from Africa and she came back at 17 and talked about the fact that these people are living on less than $5 a day, yet they're some of the happiest people she's ever met in her life. Now, that's a powerful lesson for a 17-year-old to see, that it isn't about how much money you have, that, that things are possible, even though you don't necessarily, your culture isn't teaching you that it's possible. The most important asset you will ever possess is the life you were given. What you chose to do with this gift in the relatively short period of time you have possession of it will determine whether or not you leave this world as wealthy as you came in. For you were given all you ever needed in the seed of possibility that was born as you. You are a miracle. Anyone, including you, who tells you differently is wrong. Remember the truth and live your life surrounded by this knowledge. This is Misty Young, the restaurant lady. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she embodies, lives, and teaches entrepreneurs to be successful. Sherry Hill is entrepreneurism in action. 
Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Pat Atkinson, Folk Life Program Coordinator at the Nevada Arts Council. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has great enthusiasm for all things Nevadan. Sherry Hill is an amazing, vibrant business professional with a wealth of knowledge to share. The most productive hour of your week. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Money possesses an energy and life of its own. It contains a duality similar to that present in our own nature. It is both spiritual and material, creative and destructive, loving and cruel. It can help us fulfill our greatest dreams or cause us to be defeated by our worst nightmares. We have given money such power that it permeates every part of our existence. It is more than a means of exchange. It has become our other life. And all too often, it is the life we pay the greatest attention and tribute to at the expense of experiencing the richness that lies within our unexplored potential. Lisa Peterson, a certified financial planner, is the founder of Wealth Clinic, a global community providing educational resources for entrepreneurs and executives who have a burning desire to move beyond limitations and take their lives to the next level. Acting as a disruptive technologist when it comes to the area of money management, rather than focusing solely on how to better manage money, Lisa helps her clients take a deep dive into the relationship with money to uncover and move beyond limitations, as well as create alignment with their deepest truths. So, Lisa, I ended that last segment talking about that, you know, we are the greatest gift. We are a miracle, right? And so, one of your unique perspectives around not just money, but certainly life, is the internal. And, of course, when we're talking about money, then the internal behaviors that are ingrained and all of that. So what would you like to share on the spirituality of what we need to experience? Thank you for that question. The thing that really comes up for me is how, even like I was talking about before, where with budgets, how we don't treat ourselves very well, I feel like so much of what we need to pay attention to with money is about how we're treating ourselves and how we're respecting who it is that we are in our fullest potential, if you will. So I ask people a lot to to dive in and feel intense 
compassion for themselves when it comes to money. And nobody's talking about that message. You know, we're talking about it as a tool, but what about this idea that we are actually using money to love ourselves more and to take care of ourselves? And a fun exercise is to say, how can I be my own best friend when it comes to money? That doesn't mean going on a wild shopping spree, although maybe that is for you, (laughs) but I think of it more of the little things that go a long way where we just think, what can I do to really live more fully each and every day? It may be something as simple as wearing brighter colors. You know, like I'm going to, I recently worked with someone who helped me see that black is probably not a good color for a blonde with fair skin. And so wearing bright colors makes me feel really excited when I put those things on and I show up in a different way in the world. So it's, it can be little things. It can be uh, the food that we eat. You know, there's their money plays out in all these areas. So what are we doing and how are we using it to see our best side, to show the world our greatest self and feeling compassion all the while, you know, oftentimes I, I feel like we beat up on ourselves so much and there's so much shame and guilt around money. And an exercise that I, I play around with is I'll bring someone up from a crowd, you know, that I'm speaking to and I'll, I'll speak to them and I'll say, you know, just be, be patient with me, but I'll talk to them as if I'm talking to myself. And it's pretty darn harsh the way that we often talk to ourselves, right? It's like, you stupid idiot. Why did you do that? And I'll say that to this person, you know, sort of like, oh no. And what, and everyone will watch them wilt by the things that I'm saying. And then I'll say, okay, let's play it. Let's do a do over. And I'll show them what happens to that person when I talk to them as if they're my best friend and I, in, and I cherish them and I love on them and they blossom, right? Well, we have to pay attention to the fact that we're not always treating ourselves like our own best friend. Right. And so when we're talking about, you know, the behaviors, the stress, the guilt, the shame, the just all the things related to the use of money that, again, if you have your whole message and passion and gift to a lot of your clients is to create that awareness and consciousness so they can make the decision to change that behavior, to change that attitude, to change that response. Yes. We all have the ability to naturally heal. The problem is, is if we don't know that we actually have something that needs to be healed, we can't do it by ourselves. So again, communicating with others, talking about our loved ones with about money, allowing that conversation to even take place. It's hard to start the conversation, but I think we're all always going to be amazed at what happens next. We open the door to possibility by doing that. Right. And, and I imagine because you've, you know, we've worked together quite a while and sharing some of what people experience as they start to drill down, find those, you know, causes or behaviors, and then all the emotion that shows up around it, right? 
Definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of emotion. And even in the classes, one of the things I think that helps the class is it's, uh, it's all done through phone. And so you're calling in and you're engaging in meditation and there's a lot of interactivity. And what I can imagine happening for people in their home with the door closed, you know, in this private space is that things are going to come up. And I even did a class like this several years ago. And they, one word that they said was all it took and it was a trigger. And I was in sobbing tears, you know, in my own privacy of my home and which felt right at that moment, I wouldn't have been able to have that emotional release if I had been with, you know, 200 other people in a room. And so it's amazing how technology can actually support some of our own personal development by giving us a little bit more safety to have those breakdowns, if you will, because we're going to have them when we dive into money. There are going to be these like, oh crap, I really didn't expect for that one to come out, but we're going to heal by recognizing that it's coming out. This is Sherry Hill, and you're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Lisa Peterson, who is the founder of The Wealth Clinic. You know, we're sitting in the state of Nevada, and of course, you know, gambling is a huge product of the state of Nevada, and now, you know, you can do it online, you can uh, bet on horse races all over the country, and so I can only imagine what goes on in people's mind. You know, when you're winning, it's great, it's the high, it's the adrenaline, and when you're not, and that whole cycle and psychology, which I also equate to investing. So that same psychology around gambling is also present in investing, right? Definitely. <laughs> it's all about competition and winning, isn't it? And, and that is something that you have to be really conscious of. I've moved to this place of really focused on the we, like what is the we answer here? And when things are all about me being the winner and everyone else being the loser, I don't choose to live my life that way anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bring me any satisfaction, but that doesn't come overnight. You know, if we're a very competitive person, there's merit in paying attention to what it is that we're trying to fill with that desire to win and also with, you know, gambling, it's just getting something for nothing. I mean, is that what, you know, why is it, well, what is it that, that causes someone to gamble a lot or beyond their means? Asking the question, why is the best place to start? Right. So obviously that's just one piece of how people, you know, deal with money. And of course you, as a certified financial planner, have worked with people through, you know, really looking at the bigger picture, the retirement, all those other things. But once again, you came out of the traditional and realized there's way more to it than just here's what you do in this segment of your life. When you get here, this is what you should be doing, right? Definitely. The thing that I'll mention and part of the reason that I walked away from that side of, of just managing people's money was the minute someone would sit down in my in my chair in my office, I would see part of them leave the room and the body stay. And this person that I was working with was sort of absent. And, and it really challenged me because I felt like I couldn't deal with, I couldn't work with the whole person. And that was really a big wake-up call for me because I think we all have a little bit of that with money that we distance ourselves. And now, you know, just becoming present with it and then bringing in the logical stuff is so much better. Right. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because why your big swing into the inner journey and, and all of the spiritual side around it, 
because now that person who left the room is still going to hold you responsible if they lose their money. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And and there's somebody said the other day it's like you can absolve the the tactical details to someone else, but at the end of the day you cannot give away your responsibility with money. And so if you can't give it away, you wanted to give that responsibility away, but you really can't, then at some point you either have, yeah, you just have no, you, you have no way of um, closing the gap, I guess. So when things don't work out the way that you planned, who really do you have to be responsible? Right. Yourself. Right. Right. So you better know yourself. <laughs> right? Yes, you better know yourself very well. <laughs> Your internal attitudes, emotions, decision making, because a lot of those revolve around the use of money. Yes, absolutely. So great conversation today. Thank you. Thank you. One more time, give us your website. And if anyone is interested in joining Lisa, and I'm one of those calls on that Telesummit, to um, what website did you want them to go to? Yeah, so the website for the company is wealthclinic.com. And the Telesummit, the free Telesummit, you can sign up at artofmindfulwealth.com. Great. Well, I look forward to listening to to it. It's 10 days of great input from people from all walks of life, every level of financial expertise or non-expertise, right? So it's just a great way to start the new year. So happy new year, Lisa. Thank you to you as well. All right. We'll call it good for today. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for the Sherry Hill Show. This is Peter Padilla, your host on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Are you looking for great values on a real estate or mortgage transaction? Listen to our show, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Deal with professionals that you know, like, and trust. Sunday afternoons at 4 p.m., KLAV 1230 AM, the talk of Las Vegas.